0: Welcome to Stay Naked with Ariana and Alicia. Welcome, y'all. Today is a very special um, edition of Stay Naked podcast because we are doing a retrospective on the last 20 years. Right now in the media, you'll hear a lot about looking at the last decade, um, what songs were popular 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But if you think about it, we're going into 2020. Right. That makes me ask the question, 20 years ago, where was I? What did I want to do? Am I doing the things that I wanted to do? And what does the next 10 or 20 years have for me? Yeah. So we are joined today by a very special guest. We've spoken (laughs) of him several times on the program before. Alicia, would you like to do the honors? Yeah. I'm
1: introducing my husband, Russ. Hey, honey.
2: Hi. Thank, (laughs) Thank you guys for allowing me to participate.
1: This
0: is yeah. exciting. We often I'm talk about to have you. him.
1: Yeah. You know that we often
0: talk about you because you're yeah. an integral part of Alicia's story. And right. today's an right. opportunity to kind of discuss that. So um, we yeah. were chatting about this earlier. Where were you 20 years ago? Yeah. Wow. Well,
2: so 20 years ago, I was just a kid finishing college. I had about a semester to go. And uh, my father had an auto repair business in the River Oaks area, it was a Goodyear auto repair and tire shop. And I was always kind of destined to end up there. My father always wanted me to take over. But I had about a semester and a half when one day about five o'clock in the morning in October of about 98, in 98, I picked up the phone and a close friend of ours had mentioned that the gentleman that was running the shop for us had passed away in a car accident. So I ran to my father's room. I woke him up and, yeah. and, you know, obviously you could all imagine what would happen when you find out that something like that happens. And so about a couple of weeks later, I got on board. I had I had a, a little long winter break. The University of St. Thomas gives you about six weeks off. So I took advantage of that time. I got my feet wet back in the business, shook off the rust because I kind of grew up around that business since I was about eight or nine years old. And I used to work on the weekends and the summer. So I kind of knew my way around. But it's one thing when the buck stops mm-hmm. with you when you're on your own, right? So after that winter break, I still had about a semester to go. And as soon as I finished on a Saturday, I graduate on a Saturday, my father shows up on Monday with me and we drive two different cars at 6.30 in the morning. He hands me the key and he (laughs) says, call me if you need something. (laughs) He says the only advice that he gave me is pay attention to everything, hear everything and see everything. And he also told me that... uh, He said, uh, "If you oh, if he said, if you need something, you know where to find me." And that was it. He walked out the door, and I was—I just turned 22. I was like three weeks into my 22nd year, and I was on my own. I was dealing with uh, employees that were two, two and a half times my age, a lot more experience in life. I was dealing with a demanding demographic in River Oaks, a very affluent neighborhood uh, that very sophisticated people, also two, three times my age. So I had to grow up quick. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't there was no time, there was no room for error. I was given this great opportunity in my life to uh, make something out of it, which I think a lot of people would try to do the same thing if they were given. So I didn't yeah. want to, I didn't want to disappoint my parents and I didn't want to disappoint myself. I had a background in economics and finance. I just came out with a, a major and a minor in the two. And I said, I got to put it to use. And, yeah. and I did. And so the first year was definitely tough. 20 years ago, I'd, I had a lot of learning to do and growing up to do a lot of is- issues with employees, but I survived for 20 years and went through a lot. It was literally blood, sweat, and tears day in and day out for a long time. And and then one day I decided that I wanted to do something else in my life. 20 years is long enough. I was now in my 40s and I got a phone call from a developer. And fortunate for me in the background that I had and in the education I received, I knew a little bit about economics and finance. And I decided to buy the property one day and and I paid off the property several years later over those 20 years. And then fast forward about 10, 12 years down the road, the developer calls me and says, hey, we, we want to do something with your land Are you interested in selling. They threw a number at me. I couldn't refuse. And, and I said, here you go. It took about two years to get to that point. They obviously uh, had a lot, lot of uh, due diligence to do on their part. But 2018 had rolled around in May of that year. And that was my last day, the weekend, the Friday, right before Memorial Day. Made yeah, May twenty wow. fifth of twenty eighteen. So I decided to do. Over those twenty years, I I had a interest in commercial real estate. I was always wanted to build, and I took some time off over the summer.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, and then I met up with some you know some partners about six months down the road, and we got together, and that's what I'm doing now. We're building retail centers around town, and and it's not as uh, it's not as stressful because you don't have to go to work. It's not a 70 hour a week job from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and it does keep me busy. And at the same time, I get to do what I've always wanted to do, which is make money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember money, then me and then his kids. Right. But and in 1999, Russ were already dating about a year. Because we right. met in '98, so at that time in '99, when he was right. offered that position, or when he was given that job, or given the the keys, yeah, pretty much like was right. to hand it, it to him. It was given literally. to him, yeah, yeah. Right. He- yeah.
2: So I left that part out, obviously, and I didn't I didn't mean to leave that out. <laughs> Actually, I just met Alicia about maybe two months before I was before that gentleman had passed away. Right. So Alicia was, you know, I had no job back then. I was still in school, and so I kind of gave her an idea of what was going on. And I also told Alicia two things 20 years ago. I said, "Stick with me. I'll take you around the world."
1: Yeah. Wow. And yeah. I
2: also said it's going to be hard working at the shop, so don't expect some cookie cutter lifestyle where I come home and wow. eight to five or nine to five. He and was I, very
1: honest about right. the life we were going to have because he de- he did say if right. you can't hang with that because that's how it's going to be. It's going to be right. seven hour weeks. There's going to be days where I'm not going to be home early. There's going to be days where I'm going to be gone before you're up. Right. If you can't handle it, you can't deal with that. Right. This is the moment we need to go.
2: And up. I and I knew that from from Separate. watching my father for many years in the business himself, and you would come home. Dead tired, you come home cranky, upset. It was, it's a huge toll. And especially in that neighborhood where you're dealing with potentially hundred calls a day, 30 to 40 cars. We used to work on over 3000 cars a day. And I knew that even when my dad was there. And, uh, so I just told Alicia, I said, listen, if this is not cut out for you, then it's not going to work out. But if you stick with me, I said, I'll take you around the world. And so here we are 20 years later. Yeah.
1: And he promised that to me 20 years ago and he's definitely fulfilled those promises. I'm so glad y'all shared yeah, that, because right. I think those
0: of us who knew who know you now and didn't know you then, it's yes. like, you know, when you have these conversations, yeah. you know, in, in chunks and increments, like 20 years and 20 years, the real story is what happened in between all right. of that. Right. It's really right. the real story. So what was it about the situation that made you say, all right, I'm hanging on for the bumpy ride? Right.
1: right because I was never, like, afraid of, of, of challenges to start off with, and the other thing is I really... um I already knew when I met him that Russ had a lot of potential. He was very bright, very smart. When he, when he first met me, he wanted to know about me in a deeper level, not just you know regular silly dumb questions. Like he asked me about you know my politics, my religion. Right. He asked me about you know uh, bilingual ed, which right. was what I was studying. Like there's so many things that he wanted to know the fir- first moment. Right. And to me, when I, when somebody talks to you that way, and somebody stimulates your mind like that, you're like, okay, this is serious. This is something else. This is different.
0: And in the infamous right. words of oh, yeah.
1: Alicia—he tickled your brain. <laughs> he tickled my brain exactly
2: right. And I had so I had already known about Alicia before she knew about me. I Oh my wow. Comprehensive background check. <laughs> that change. does not surprise <laughs> me
0: right. at all. Right. No.
2: Saint Thomas. It's
0: a was, comprehensive yeah. background. Oh yeah.
2: Saint Thomas was a small school, so everyone kind of <laughs> knew everybody. If you didn't know them, and uh, I had uh, actually known her sister before I knew her because we were closer in grade. Alicia was two years older than me. She was in grad school when I was an undergrad. You
0: rob a cradle.
2: And uh, so I. <laughs> <laughs> I had to talk to her sister, and they were part of these Latino organizations school, which I wasn't a part of, but I just kind of had friends that were part of this. I used to ask about her, and so I knew what I was supposed to ask when I met her, and I've always liked her. I was always attracted to her, so that's kind of how. Oh, and
1: would he would be. say, I would see you walking through campus with the biggest resting bitch face yeah, ever. Yeah, <laughs> yes, right. Something's <laughs> <laughs> right. um, never changed. <laughs> Something's never changed. Oh, and he will tell me, like, before we go places now, he's like, okay, fix your face. Right, we're getting right. the right. arts yeah. Your yeah. resting yes. bitch face right now. Right. But yeah, that was sort of, yeah, that was 1999 right. when our life really got started. And I started. wasn't deterred
2: by the resting pair of face. I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, a, I wasn't phased by it. I actually took it on as a challenge because I'm not intimidated by strong women or people with strong personalities because, you know, I, I, to each his own, good for you, good for me. And, you know, there's guys out there that have issues with women who are stronger and I think it's just a confident stuff, but you know, one day maybe that confidence will grow for you. But I think women with strong personalities have great qualities, uh, that, you know, you probably wouldn't have if you didn't have that kind of strong personality. I liked it.
1: Yeah. And you know what, back then I told Russ my story and where I come from and and he wasn't deterred either. You know, a lot of people would say, damn, I don't think I want to be a part of, of this. You know, she comes from something like really like, you know, Uh, serious poverty. Mm. Like, you know, is she gonna, you know, want a lot from me or she Mm. gonna expect to have everything from me? What, you know, is she gonna take advantage of me once I make money? Like those mental, those things start to come in your head because, you know, you don't think about, you know, in the future, what kind of life are you going to have? You just hope that you're going to have a good life. But in the, but he always thought 10, 15 years ahead. I didn't. I thought year, like we year or two ahead. Right. But he always had those things. But one thing he knew about me was that I was super honest and resourceful and like super down to earth about everything. Right. And so he got like the real me. So like when he says he wasn't deterred, it's because he knew what I wanted right. and how I wanted it and how it had to be. And I always knew that you have to work hard to have it. I never expected to get anything for free. And so when he when I knew that he was going to work his ass off, I'm like, "Fuck yeah. That's what I want from my husband, somebody who's going to work his ass off." Right. So many nuggets in just that conversation
0: like you proved two major points that we've discussed on this program before, yeah. right? So like One, confident men love confident women. Yeah. And two, men love a challenge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And and she never has to worry about infidelity with me because I weigh my money and all my hard work as much as I weigh my wife and my kids. So I'm not stupid to lose half of it.
0: Mm, The word. That's thanks to the great state of Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else get married and divorced in California. Right.
1: But I digress. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. So was being a part of the family business in planned?
2: plan? Yes. It was always in the plans. Ever since I was a kid, I remember. I don't recall ever my father saying. In fact, even before the auto repair business, my dad, while I was in college, had a travel agency before the internet took off in the latter half of the 90s when it was still in its infancy and people were still needing to call a travel agent. And my dad... Uh, relinquished the reins of the travel agency for me over the summer. I used to just run it by myself as an 18, 19 year old kid with my mom, and we had one other agent while my dad was trying to establish another gas station on a different part of town. And and I used to do all the accounting and paperwork. It all it all just come it all came very second nature to me. It all seemed very innate. I always liked. Even when I was eight years old and my dad had a gas station, I used to go with my mom to Sam's wholesale to buy the stuff for the C store inside the gas station. And back then I used to like to count the profit off the vending machines, off the cigarettes, the beers. That was always fascinating to me. And so I, I think I was just I think I was just born for that.
0: He so, was born with that. Right. That is so awesome. Right.
2: And I had enough money saved up for my first year in college. Uh, just working with my dad, I did have a part-time car wash job for a few weeks, and I just always socked away money, always for a rainy day, and sometimes even for a rainier day. So when college came around, my parents realized, "Wow, you just you just paid off your first year of college." So all they had to do was get the, the last three years, and it just it was always it was always easy for me. Money always came easy, and running a business comes easy for me, and I'm never intimidated or you know daunted by it or anything. That.
1: And that's something that we have in common is practicality. Right. I had to be practical you know because of where i come from and he always had that practicality because he always wanted to make sure that everything was always set in order and done right for me that's how we connected so well too because i understood that innate thing because it came to me too like i was like that too you know the way he handles things the way he 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 approaches life decisions i approach them exactly the same way
2: i always always take problems in life and and always to take a business solution to it. I try to find a middle of the road practical ground where it's a win-win for everybody. I deal with my, my kids, teachers that way. Mm-hmm. I deal with friends that way. Sometimes, you know, if there's a conundrum or sometimes you said something, you didn't mean it, or, you know, I have, I have, you know, family members and friends that are invested with me in some of these projects. And, And uh, there's always a kind of a quid pro quo. I know that's not a dirty, that's a dirty phrase these days, Mm -hmm. but it's, uh, but that's kind of way life is. You can, you can only do so much for people without expecting something in return. I think that, I think if you do a little bit more of that, I think it makes for smoother relationships all the time.
0: said,
1: are you doing what you set out to do 20 years ago? No, (laughs) back then I was teaching and I wanted to be a teacher the whole time. So business was something I was thinking about doing, but it was something that was going to happen for me way in the future, which really did happen way in the future, by the way, 15, 16 years later is when I opened my own business. But when Russ started his, I always knew that I needed to be the supportive wife for all of that time because I... I knew that he needed me to be at home. And if we were going to have kids, I wanted to be at home with the kids too. I wasn't going to, I knew that the hours were crazy and it's a lot of work and it's intense. I wasn't going to do that until I felt comfortable that the boys were set and, you know, and I could definitely spend time in the business, but it's a
0: discussion we talked about
1: 20 years ago.
0: And so fast forward 20 years yeah. to today, you're about to start 2020, Right. you've retired, Rusk, you mm-hmm. have right. launched your own fashion boutique where you still teach because right. you have an educational yeah. space. Uh-huh. What is in store for the next 10 or 20 years for y'all? Well, I, was just actually, I was actually
2: just thinking about that right now. And I was talking to a neighbor uh, about it the other day. And so that'd be, I like to say what I like to do in 20 years is own a winery. You know, by the time the kids are all grown up and settled down and, and kind of on their own, you know, there's great wineries in Texas. If not here, maybe a different state somewhere. And For the last maybe 10 or 15 years of my life, I've always had – Lisa and I have always had a great passion for wine. We've been to a lot of wine regions all over the world. And I've actually just signed up for a wine school that starts in January. And so hopefully get a few certifications over the next five or 10 years. It takes some time, and a lot of the people don't pass those tests. I
1: told Russ the next thing we do, it's going to be a, a, yeah. a joint, a a joint, joint venture. Right. And- We've talked about this before. It's like having a wine bar with like a little clothing boutique on the side, right. cheeses, classes. That's something that we've talked about in the past as well. So that might be in the future right. as well. We've always been thinking about yeah, something, something to 15, doing together years, for right. sure. Yep. Also that, you know, when two really strong personalities Right. or work together, right. they tend to kind of clash a lot, but we've kind of managed right. to, like, I always have to back down. Right. Like, I just knew it because he's so headstrong about things, and I'm just like, okay, fine.
2: Right. And I That works let both ways. That
1: works. <laughs> Look at him. Yeah. What I about to say, he's not the only one, mamacita. Yeah, she's,
0: she's
2: pretty headstrong, too, but we learned, we learned that we push each other's buttons enough, and then we kind of get over it. Right.
1: We that's, do. That's, one that's, thing we are, right. we're really good we don't, about we don't, getting, we don't, uh, getting over it.
2: Yeah, we don't let that stuff linger. Life's too short for all that.
0: Well, yeah, I have no doubt that twenty years from today we'll be having a similar conversation sitting oh, at your winery. It's amazing! Yes. I can't right. wait for that. So day. I hope this recording <laughs>
2: gets recorded and stored away somewhere. Then we can even on the podcast will even be compatible to whatever is available in twenty years. Oh, Probably have imagine. to find some way to convert well, the file.
1: We talked about that, like the way that we dated. We were going to talk about dates and like right. our our life has changed. We didn't even have Facebook back then. We didn't have social media back then. You've got a, fo- a phone number. We exchanged phone I numbers. I mean, if you wanted talked. to sex, you actually <laughs> had to call an
0: 800 hotline and have a woman, yes. a sex yeah,
1: phone right. line person, right, yeah. talk
0: to you. Yeah. Right. Today, they yeah. even have like robots mm-hmm. and all these oh, other it's so different. Yeah. digital things you have access to. Yeah. So. Who knows how technology will change our lives? In so, what years. about you in ten years? Where do you see yourself? Twenty years? Uh, in ten years, I will by then have received my broker's license. I will have gone back to law school and gotten commercial real estate law degree. Nice. I will own my own brokerage slash financial firm and be the the counsel on record. Yeah. And at that point, I'll focus on just building a massive business and having a bunch of experienced agents on the financial and Real estate side, empowering them to be bomb entrepreneurs and kind of just living off the residuals. Like, I feel like right now I'm in my late 30s. Yeah, great time. I'm them. not doing what I thought I was going to do. I went to school for public relations and global business. I knew I was going to be a business owner one day. Uh-huh. I didn't know I was going to end up in a career field that had to deal with one, money, mm. or two, real estate, because I, Technically, don't need my degrees for that. Mm-hmm. However, that education has certainly contributed to it. Yeah. So, 10 years from now, I'm doing that. I'm not even focusing on what my personal relationships are going to look like. Uh-huh. Right now, I'm just focused on, on this, you. Is, this is a time. This on is you. prime time for Pretty me much. to to make it big.
1: Yeah. And I like the way you I said could I will use
2: a be. Yes. The goal is to yeah. go
0: within yeah. the next year right. or two. There right.
1: you go. You've got yourself your first client. My first client. client. Right. Yeah. I'm a great
0: referral source. Yeah.
2: I, could use it, I, could, I could sue a few people. I
1: have <laughs> oh, he's no. got a list going, Rob. Probably. I love Justice. The blacklist. Right. The blacklist. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You better watch out. You don't want to get on Russ's blacklist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> right. No, 20 years has really come and go, and it's really been right. a retrospective of all the things that we've just gone through. Yeah. I always tell him, I said, I just don't know how there's just it. just so many things happened. Yeah. Every year, there was something else, yeah, something right. new. It was either kids buying a house, getting having the kids, having the kids go through school, having right. the kids go to middle school, having the kid They're go right. through high school. Yeah. Like all of those things happened in twenty years for us.
2: Yeah, a lot of stuff.
1: Crazy, yeah. and
0: you've traveled a lot
1: too.
2: I've right. been all over the world, and we're only in yeah. our early
0: forties.
1: Yeah, in 99, the first place we went to was New York York, because Russ asked me when he first met me, what's the one place you you would love to go first? And I said, New York. And so for my 24th birthday, he took me to New York. By the way, we weren't married yet. And my dad, (laughs) Russ went to my dad and asked him for permission to take me to New York for my birthday. And my dad knew we were hooked the minute right. I met Russ because right. my dad was there. And he went home. He's like, oh, yes, todo. <laughs> he goes, I can tell. He right, is right. into you. I know something's happening. I know something's in the air. And I told, I just laughed at my dad. But my dad knew back then. He knew right from the beginning that he was going to be my husband. He just knew it. And so it was so silly even to ask him for permission. But that's right. kind of what you do. You know, right. he's a Mexican dad. So you're right. like, yeah, you know. Well, and but that's how much dating has changed in the last 20 like he years. He became very progressive back then. I was already out of school. The one thing my dad ever wanted for me was to have a college education. Second thing is he wanted me to be married and be happy. Right. Of course. But for him, my college education. Right. By then I had already had it. So he was like, you know, whatever happens to you, that's your problem now. You've got an education. Go do whatever you want right. to do. By the way, he would let me travel by myself. Right. So I traveled by myself without rest before I even met him. Because my dad would, you know, say, well, you know, if you want to go, go. I mean, we would go all the time with Besso, with my organization, so we would take off. Right. But yeah, in 20 years, we've been all over the world. We've seen a lot of things. Right. Done a lot of things yeah. everywhere. We we just came back from somewhere and I told us, can you believe it? That we like, this is amazing.
0: Yep.
1: Last question before we wrap right. up. Right.
0: If you could tell your younger self 20 uh-huh. years ago, one piece of advice, wow. what would it be?
2: Not work so hard. Work smart, not hard. Because I worked my ass off really for the first ten years, and and uh, it's not about you know it's not about the hours you put in. It's about the efficiency. And I think that what I had known, especially in my thirties, if I knew that in my twenties, then I think I would have done things a little different. I used to kill myself over every little detail that had gone wrong, and uh, if the car wasn't fixed right, or if it wasn't done on time, get after the mechanics. It was constant. It was a constant war at work all the time. And I realized in my 30s, I said, you can still be successful and still create good service and produce a good product at the end of the day and just not have to concern yourself over the unnecessary detail. Details are important, but not the unnecessary details. It's like it almost, it almost felt like a head coach out there nitpicking about every little stuff. And that, of course, goes a long way in, in sports too. But you know, can you possibly do the same thing and just find a different way to recalibrate your approach every day?
0: Good advice. And you've That's spent more really time talking advice. about you and your family. Right. Very minimal about the work itself. So
1: that goes to show what
0: really matters. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. What about you, Alicia? Yeah,
1: I would just tell myself not to and not to invest my whole heart into everything. That's what I do. My heart, it was always broken because I would invest my whole heart into everything that I did. And um, even when I had my kids, my students, their lives became my life. When I had my babies, like everything was about them. Like I invested my whole self into everything that I did. My business, I invested my whole life into this place. Like five years, and Russ will tell you, I would get home. And it was always about the business. Cause I invest myself so well. So I need to tell myself and I need to remind myself every single day, don't invest your whole heart into everything. Take it easy, slow down, right. and breathe, and right. take your time.
2: It's supposed to be fun. You got to enjoy. You got to get up and go. You can't go to work mad. And if things don't work out, it's just you can't kill yourself over it. it. has to. You have to enjoy it. You have to enjoy what you do, and you know stuff that you hear all the time. So it's
1: you. What would you tell your younger self?
0: You have everything that it takes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. I yeah. I, yeah, yeah. You, you have to convince yourself Perfect. of that for sure. Yeah.
0: You have to learn that, you know, yeah, it's like going through the right. going the career ladder right. and all of that and all right. the things you thought like your, where your bosses right. were really messed up or all the crap you took yeah. at the end of the day, when you are your own business owner, like the three of us <laughs> are, you realize my ideas are actually good. My execution is <laughs> actually pretty yeah, good. Right.
2: Yeah. You got to be confident. You can't, you can't doubt yourself and you can't get hung up over a mistake. You got to move on. You got to shake it off, sleep it over, have a drink when you come home or something like a glass of wine and go back right at it the next day. That's what I did for a lot of years.
0: That's right. Well, because this the next is, day, always, it always, it always stupid. worked
2: out. The next day, it always did.
1: So. <laughs> I know it does. It works out. This well, has been fun. This has been great. Thank yeah. you for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thank, thank you. Good,
2: well, I appreciate you guys including me. This yeah. is amazing. It was fun, right.
1: Next time we're gonna have you on, and we're gonna talk about um, some good business tips and business advice okay, that you sure. can give yep. to to you know, because we do spending talk about our careers. In. <laughs> uh-huh. Our people will contact people. <laughs> 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 right. <Here> you go.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this has been Stay Naked with the Tina Talks with Ariana and Alicia. Thanks for listening. Stay naked. Stay naked.